need connection, accountability, support as you explore the next level version of you, give yourself a real gift this year, the gift of time. The Warrior Women Mastermind is starting again in January, a curated group of six amazing women in a safe, collaborative setting. Think you don't have enough time? The money? Wrong. Ask yourself if you're worth three hours a month and $25 a day. The biggest discovery some of the women who sign up for my mastermind figure out is they have so much in common with other women and that they have traded their worth for a to-do list. Set up your interview call with me by going to lizswadek.com. That's L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. Space is limited and will sell out fast. Don't miss this opportunity to put yourself first. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. I work with a lot of moms, and one thing I always tell them is how important it is to model self-care, good health, and prioritizing ourselves to our children. Simply put, you should be modeling to your kids everything you want to see from them. When we show our kids we care about ourselves, they learn to care about themselves. When we model health and fitness, they learn to embrace a healthy lifestyle. My guest today is a fitness coach who cares more about your mindset than how much you're exercising. Isn't that refreshing? Her business has exploded and her clients are getting incredible results. Being mind strong means understanding neuroscience and how we can rewire our brains. If you've done every diet and still gain the weight right back, this is the podcast for you. If you're looking for motivation to be healthy, this is the podcast for you. And if you're a warrior woman, this is the podcast for you. There is no world where your health comes last. True wealth is being wealthy in mind, body, and soul. If you haven't signed up already for my Warrior Women 30-Day Challenge, you better go do it. The link is in the show notes for episode 113, where I explain all about it. This is a fun way to give you a jump start to putting yourself first. Okay, warriors, let's get into it. But first, if you're like me, you are sick of low-calorie snacks with zero flavor. We want something crunchy that has flavor. Well, I have found the perfect snack, smoky corn. Smoky corn is made with proprietary spice blends and crafted to be good to you and good for you. The crisp, crunchy kernels hail from the heart of Amish country farmland. Smoky corn is non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegan. It's low in calories and huge in flavor. Exactly the combination we warrior women are looking for. Smoky corn is now in the gift bags at the Cannes International Film Festival. Bravo! They offer many different flavors, but smoke and truffle is my favorite. To order this fabulous snack, 
go to smokycorn.com. That's S-M-O-K-E-Y, smokycorn.com. Okay, everyone, welcome to the show, Rachel Fryman. She is the CEO of MindStrong Fitness, a lover of lifting heavy things up and down, and a coach who's passionate about helping others unleash their strongest, most empowered selves through education and mindset training. Rachel has more than 15 years of classroom instruction and certifications in personal training, sports nutrition, and behavior modification. She is the author of the best-selling book, Becoming Mind Strong, The Truth About Health, Fitness, and the Bullshit That's Holding You Back. I am so excited for this, Rachel. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. You know, one of my first questions, I was like, oh, I forgot to ask her if it's okay to curse. But now that I hear you emphasize it like that, I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to get along beautifully. <laughs> oh, it's all good over here. All good. Rachel, I'm so excited to have you on the show because I most likely need to become a client. Like, obviously, <laughs> reading, reading that intro and hearing about this book, I have not read it yet, full disclosure, but I've met you briefly and I'm into your game here. So I want to know all about you. So, but let's start in the beginning, like I do with all my ladies. Tell me about your childhood and growing up. I'm wondering if you were just always heavy lifting. Were there any clues to the woman you would become? The answer is no to the heavy lifting. I was not always an athletic person. But, you know, I love that question because there's so many things when I look back on my childhood and I talk about my childhood quite a bit in, in my book, there's parts of that that you would look at and be like, well, of course you became the woman that you are. And then there's other parts where you're like, people meet my parents and they're like, how the crap, how the hell did you turn out the way that, <laughs> that you did? <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, my, my parents were business owners growing up. So I always describe myself as 50% business, 50% hippie. And the 50% business part makes total sense. When you look at my childhood, I was raised in a very black and white, get shit done kind of household which was fantastic in a lot of ways. It's why I have the work ethic that I do. It's why I was able to start a successful business when I did. But the other side of that, because with light comes dark and vice versa, is there was very little regard for feelings. It was just put your head down, get shit done. We are the people who get shit done. So a lot of my personal work in my early 20s, 30s, and continuing on, was about tapping into the more heart-centered side. And especially for the line of work I do, you cannot be a successful coach without having tools like empathy and, and leading with your heart. And those were not words that existed in my household. So the business side, 100%, if you look at my childhood, it's like my brother and I were just destined to, to be successful in the business world. The part that I pride myself on the most is that I do lead with my heart while having that business sense behind it. And that was not something I was raised with. That was something that took a lot of personal work along the way. And I continue to do to this day. Absolutely. I, I love that you're saying, you know, the light with the dark, because it's true. Like there's certain things that exist in our family dynamics when we're growing up. And, you know, some of those things motivate us. Like in my house, my dad was very extreme and would yell and all the things. So I became like this crazy comedian because I was like trying to keep him like everyone happy, which I, which is great. Like, I love that I have this side, but it also can be a way you bypass your feelings. Like if you're just like making jokes all the time, right. Versus like actually saying, you know, actually I'm very upset right now, you know? So I've learned to kind of use my levity for, for good and not bypass, but it's, it, that's a really interesting correlation. Cause I like that you say that there's, there is a light and the dark of kind of how we adapt and what we need to do in a family to be safe in order to be in our family. 
Yep. Yep. And it is, it's so true. And it's funny. We have this conversation with clients all the time where we have those clients who, when we do their initial kickoff call and they're like, I'm going to cry. I'm so sorry. I'm such an empath. It's so embarrassing. And to me, it's like, are you kidding? Like, that's a superpower. Like, I wish I had that skill. I go, I've been, you know, doing personal work for decades, trying to get that skill that comes naturally to you. And it's so funny that all of us as humans, when we're one end of the spectrum or the other, we look to the other one, that light with the dark of like, you know, we hold that on a pedestal as we work towards it. But the person on that side is doing the polar opposite. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you were a middle school teacher. This fascinates me. I love stories like this because I think women really feel like sometimes their careers should be this like linear line. It's like, dude, you're, it's like a jungle gym. You're going to be all over the place. And that's actually the new paradigm of success to me. But you were a middle school teacher when you decided to take a leap to entrepreneurship and you left behind a cushy, not a normal teacher salary, but a cushy uh, paycheck. So tell me how the hell did you do that, Rachel? Yeah. So I can actually do you one better. You and I didn't even have this conversation. I started out as a musician. So my background I went to high school for music. I went to college for music, my master's in music. I was a musician my almost my entire life. And then I started teaching middle school just to kind of calm down from the freelance musician world, which was a ton of fun. But, you know, doing gigs till 5 a.m. isn't as fun as you get older. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I was teaching middle school. I absolutely loved it. I, I love I tend to think like a 14 year old boy anyway. So I had a blast with, with my kids. It's a tough job. Like teachers are overworked. They're underpaid. It's a lot of taking deep breaths to, to practice patience. So I started going to the gym just as a release on my own. You know, I just needed something to unwind at the end of the day. I had a friend who was super into it. I started going with her just for fun. And it became this very organic process where, you know, my body started changing. My energy level started changing. I started showing up as this different person. And so other teacher friends would make comments to me that I'd hear again and again from different people like, man, I, I wish I could get back in shape, but I'm scared of the gym or I feel selfish doing it. It was just the same stories from different women. So very natural. I was like, listen, I'm going to the gym anyway after work. Why don't you just come with me? And I tell the story, it was almost selfish of me where the feedback I started to hear from them lit something in me. And I was like, holy crap, like, I want to feel like this all the time. <laughs> like I get that spark from teaching, but it's not the same when you're hearing women say, you know, I looked in a mirror for the first time in 20 years today. Like selfishly, I was like, oh my, I want to help other women feel that way. It was tough as the understatement of the year. It was the scariest moment of my life. It didn't happen overnight. I started this business while I was still teaching. It became a side gig. I would, the reason I had a six figure paycheck as a teacher is because I did before and after school. I was at school 12 hours a day. I worked my ass off in the grind and I loved it, but it was exhausting. And it just hit a place where it was like, okay, I now see that my, my moment with teaching is done. It was a very long moment. It was a moment I loved, but I could feel where my passion was pushing me. But at the time my business was making maybe $30,000 a year. And I had this very comfortable six-figure paycheck in life that I'd been living for a long time. And there are, you know, you could, I always tell people, you can read every book about surfing, but at some point you got to get in the water, right? Oh, that's <laughs> so true, Rachel. And that was the moment. Like I had done the mindset work. I teach fear. Like I, I knew all the tools to put to use. But when you're standing on that brink of bungee jumping and someone says, okay, now jump off, it's like, 
screw you. You want me to actually jump off that cliff? Like, no, you're going to have to push me. And that's what it felt like. The moment of actually having the conversation of I'm leaving this job to go pursue a business that is not making enough to support me is hands down the scariest moment of my life. And it was the single most important decision I've ever made because now like I'm truly living my dream. That is not some cheesy cliche entrepreneur thing. Like I get to wake up every day and live my dream. And it only happened because I jumped off that cliff when it was scary as hell. I mean, I love this. And it, it makes me think of, I, I love Elizabeth Gilbert's podcast called Magic Lessons. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever heard of it before. It's, it hasn't been going for a while, but I loved it because she there was this one person that came on and she was like, just researching. You know, she was like, I researched this and then I researched this and then I researched this and I'm still researching this so that I'm looking into this and I'm looking into that. And she was like, that's awesome. You need to get off and get your damn plane up in the air, you're done with the research portion of the program. It is time to get off the runway and get it up in the air. And I remember thinking, oh shit, that is what it is. Like it is like you can do the research and run the numbers and do all the things, but you eventually you have to actually just do the thing. Otherwise it can't happen. You have to. It's so funny. We talk about this all the time. You know, a lot of women come to us and they're scared of workouts because we teach nutrition mindset and workouts. And when we talk, side note, workouts are the least important part of this process. We'll talk about that later. Okay, by the way, I, <laughs> I cannot wait, Rachel, to talk about how workouts are the most least important part of this. They're the least important part. You that can be know. my favorite question. So let's just know that in advance. Right, okay, right. Rachel, go ahead. But one of the things we talk about is this idea of paralysis by analysis. Like I've actually seen people make binders and binders of, of notes about workouts and I, I always tell this story. This was a friend of mine before Mindstrong was even a twinkle in my eye. She came to me with this. It was so impressive, like this massive three ring binder of workouts. And I was like, well, how's it going? And she was like, oh, no, I didn't start yet. I'm finishing the binder. <laughs> and I always tell that story because it's like, especially with workouts, you just got to start. Like, you're going to be a shit show. You're not going to know what you're doing. And that's the point. You, that's anything in life. We, we start where we are. We mess up. We look back on it and laugh at ourselves. But because we're pleasure-seeking creatures as humans, we're not going to stay in this in the shit show stage. We're going to naturally progress and get better. But it's that starting phase that that we overthink and, and under action on. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, let's talk about your program. Your program, MindStrong Fitness, is an inside-out approach. You say to focus on physical and mental attributes in building healthy, sustainable habits. So this sounds really good, Rachel. I have tried things before, so I cannot wait for you to try to convince me into this. Tell me the results people are getting, because that's really what I want to know too, actually, before we talk about the other workout thing. I want to know about the results you get from your program and why it's different from others, because you know I believe in the group dynamic, and I think that is literally what moves women the fastest, the the furthest, the fastest. So I want to know from you, yeah, about your program and how that group dynamic affects things. Yeah. So I'll start a little backstory before I get into more the logistics. You know, when I was that teacher and doing this as a side gig, the thing I struggled with was the world does not need another personal trainer. There, there are thousands upon thousands of personal trainers. We don't need another one of them. But I saw two huge things missing from this industry. I missed an, I, It was missing an educator. Like I will never consider myself a personal trainer. I will owe, in my core, I am a teacher. And what this industry is flooded with is shake systems and point systems and and frozen meal systems. 
And there are very few people. Exactly. There are very few. People. I just made the craziest face with my tongue out because I feel like it's like crazy. Yes. It is, and it's confusing and it's overwhelming. And as I'll talk about in a second, it's never going to work. It's not designed to work. So what this industry was missing was an educator. Someone saying, wait a second, the more I learned about this, I always use the term flabbergasted because that's how I felt. I w- there are hard and fast rules, but I call them capital T truth to how the human body is designed to lose weight. But very few people are teaching it because if you're a huge multi-billion dollar business, it's just bad business for me to give you the keys to the kingdom, right? You're no longer relying on me if you know how it's working. We call it the, the Wizard of Oz curtain. It's like when yes, you see yes. And the other piece that I was missing was the mindset piece. And a lot of times when we talk about mindset, especially in health and fitness, people think it's like fluffy, feel good, rainbows and glitter. But I am a huge neuroscience nerd. And for me, when we talk about mindset and habits, it is taking the emotional baggage away from beating ourselves up and understanding that it's just neural connections in our brain. So when I started MindStrong, the name comes from both of those components, the education piece and the mindset piece. And what the first thing that we teach women, whether they sign up for our programs or we're just doing like freebie workshops or interviews, whatever, the biggest thing that, that I want, especially women, this applies to men too, but especially women, is that even if you have tried 500 diets in the past, if you were to dig in, and we do this in my book, we do an exercise where you list every diet, you list the rules of the diet. At their core, all 500 of those diets were the same exact diet because every diet out there, whether we're talking about shakes, points, frozen meals, low carb, low fat, they're based off restriction. They're based off telling you what you quote unquote can or can't eat. And if you study human nature, restriction is never going to work. We are pleasure seeking creatures. We're designed to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And when we put horse blinders on and say, I can't, discomfort is a form of restriction, is a form of pain. So we're trying to live off willpower, which is an exhaustible resource. Science has proven that willpower will run out. You might have more of it than I do, but we're all going to run out. But then what happens? We don't emotionally separate. We don't say, well, well, I tried this diet, but it was based off restriction and I was trying to live off willpower. Like we didn't know all that until 10 seconds ago. So then we go down the rabbit hole of beating ourselves up of why do I have no willpower? How come this will never work for me? Why do I suck at this? Down the rabbit hole we go. So the first thing we show women all the time is it doesn't, if you've tried 500 diets, you've actually tried one and it was never meant to be sustainable. And then what we teach is a totally different approach. And I did not invent this approach. We teach a skill called macro tracking. The, The reason I teach it, it is literally the only sustainable approach to nutrition I've ever found because there's no restriction. Macro tracking is just like a budget. So if you're like, I love Krispy Kreme donuts. My fun, fun side note, my publishers counted Krispy Kreme donuts are mentioned 126 times in my book. (laughs) That's how much I love them. (laughs) I feel like when I eat a Krispy Kreme donut, my teeth are going to fall out. Literally the minute I put it, I love them, but I feel like I literally feel a cavity, like live forming. I'm like, is my tooth still here? I don't know. Is it still in there? Yeah. It's immediate. Yeah. But I, you know, I always tell people jokingly, but I'm not joking. If I had to choose a life of either Krispy Kreme donuts or fitness, the donuts would win every time. hundred percent. hundred percent. Like no one wants to live in that hell. But the beauty of macro tracking is that what we've in the past labeled bad foods, there's nothing, they're less nutritious. That's it. We don't use the term good, bad, allowed, not allowed. So if I want to fit a donut into my macros, I a hundred percent can. It's just like a budget. And what this does is it completely heals your relationship with food. 
because we get out of the allowed, not allowed. We get out of the good, bad. We get out of the beating ourselves up. Nutrition just becomes numbers. And even if you're not a math person, there it, this isn't numbers like advanced math. It's just, did I hit my numbers today? Did I hit my macros today? And if the answer is yes, you will lose weight. There's no guesswork. There's no, will this work for me? And there's no restriction. Now, the key to this, as you alluded to, is when I first started, you know, I used to only do one-to-one coaching. And what happened, it was mind-blowing, is I would have clients in Saudi Arabia and in England and in New York, and without them knowing, they would all be saying the same things to me. Totally. They would all be totally. beating up, right? And it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It, when you're like, I just wish I could put you all in a room so you could hear the, the self-judgment, the beating up, the yeah. frustration. And so when we switched to a group coaching format, my, my business literally exploded 400% in eight months be, for two reasons. One, because women need to know they're not alone in these struggles, that you are not the only one who's beating yourself up for not having willpower without knowing it's exhaustible. And number two is macro tracking is, is a new skill. It's like learning to knit. Like if you've never done it before, you're going to suck in the beginning and yeah. it takes time and practice. So we always tell people, you know, it's not a matter of will this work for you? It's a matter of will you stick with it through the learning curve that takes a few weeks? And when you have other women in a group with you speaking that language, going through the skill, it just it's a complete game changer because we stop with the we call it shooting on ourselves, S-H-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. And it just becomes this community. It becomes this game of learning a new skill. I love that. It's so funny because that's exactly why I started masterminds is because and did group coaching because I put these women in this room that say the exact same things. Their their problems are the exact same. And then they think they're the only one with the problem, which is so funny. And I'm like, it just is it's a human nature that we just want to isolate ourselves and be like, I'm the only one that yes. this way. It's like, no, you are not. You are so not alone. Like you, you are not the only one. So I love that. I love that, Rachel. So say one of your biggest motivators is the knowledge that life is fleeting. So there's no time to play small. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I'll tell you my favorite trick for this, and then I'll backtrack into how this came to be. I I use something called the rocking chair test. I don't know who came up with that. I don't think I came up with that word. I think someone said it to me. I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard it. Okay. So I did not make it up, (laughs) but it's just, you know, in in a 24 hour period, we will have what 75 moments where things just kind of poke at us and we have a choice. And we often don't think it's a choice because as humans, we, we work off habit. We work off automatic response because of those neural connections. And the beauty of life is in the pause and the breath, right? When something happens, we when we can train ourselves, again, from a neuroscience perspective, when you can train yourself to pause and breathe and choose your reaction, that's the game changer. So the test that I always use is when something irks me, I pause, I breathe, and I picture myself 90 years old in my rocking chair. Is this moment going to matter? And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's a big moment. And then we got to get to work. We got to address it. But if it's an annoying you know, phone call, whatever it is, the pause of breath is like, okay, this is an annoying 30 seconds. This is not a life moment. Yes. And, you know, I, a lot of people, and we talk about this to go back to our conversation about leaping, right? Leaving my job was a leap. When we take these massive life-changing moments, they're a leap. And for a lot of people joining our program is a leap. It's a financial investment. And we talk about these moments in life where you're standing on the cliff and you just have to decide not another day, not another minute, not another second, like this is freaking it and you leap. And most people wait until there's a major life trauma 
that happens, right? They get a diagnosis, someone in their family gets a diagnosis and that's their wake up call that life is fleeting and, and that's when they change. So a lot of what we try to teach people is we don't need to wait for that. We can literally decide in this second, I am taking control of my life. Now, for me, that happened when I was in my early 30s. When I was in my early 30s, I was living in Florida. I was a teacher and I had my best friend group. That was my family. We were like straight out of the TV show Friends. Like It wasn't, are we hanging out this weekend? Is what were we doing this weekend? And in that friend group was my best friend that I've known since seventh. And her fiance, his name is Ian. He's this big strapping dude, like rugby player, just like he looked like a woodsman, (laughs) sweetest guy in the universe. All this guy ever wanted was to be a dad, like the way he loved my best friend was just, he was the best. And one day it started hurting when he went to pee and it became a joke. Like she was giving him shit, like, how'd you get an STD? All this, like all this stuff, like a total joke, whatever. Turns out Ian at the age of 32 had prostate cancer, Mm. stage four prostate cancer, which is unheard of for that young. And he wound up passing away within the year. And it was, I will never forget the moment where like the full impact of what just happened. I remember sitting at one of our friend's houses, just sobbing in a way that I've never cried before and hope to never cry again. And in that moment, it was like, you know, people, we read these inspirational stories. We read these memes about life is fleeting, but like a year ago, Ian was engaged. Ian was this big strapping dude. And now he's just gone. Yeah. Like, this is not some inspirational meme. Like this, this is real life. And in that year I got divorced. I started making a plan to leave my job. Like, and, and I was in a very, I was, that's a whole other story, but like, I was not in a bad marriage that I was looking to get out at. But what I realized was if you are not blissfully happy, And that blissfully is the key word there, right? I was happy enough. I was in a marriage where I was happy enough. I was in a job where I was happy enough. But when I got real with myself, I was not blissfully happy. And when you realize like this shit can go away tomorrow, it's going to go away for all of us at some point, but it could be tomorrow. Why the hell am I doing anything that doesn't make me blissfully happy? And that doesn't mean it's easy. It is scary as hell to make these changes. But when you can fully feel the impact of how true that statement is, yeah. that it can go away, why would you spend a minute doing anything that doesn't make you feel that way? And I just hope that, you know, nobody should have to lose an Ian to, to have that realization. That's what it took for me. But if I can help people realize that before that moment, you're saving yourself a, a ton of wasted time, a ton of heartache. Absolutely. And it does take sometimes that something like that, or maybe not even that severe, but I've definitely had a couple of people pass away in the last couple of years. But I think for me that the, when the light went on was when I was a year away from 50, I was like, oh, I'm not going down like that. Like I'd seen so many women come to 50, like a hot fucking mess. Like they were so unhappy. They were so, everything was bad and they kind of didn't want to celebrate and they hated being older. And I was like, I am not doing that. Like I am going to come into 50, like everything is like on fire for me. And I worked really hard over that year to do that. So sometimes it is like a milestone or something like that too, that can kind of like spur you on. You like me, we've talked about this, are a neuroscience nerd. I love neuroscience. How do you use it specifically to help people lose weight? And because people love to know you about you, Rachel, what false beliefs have you had to overcome kind of personally? Interesting. So I, I think one answer flows into the other, right? A lot of, especially weight loss, because it is such a, it is a topic that the vast majority of us have struggled with our entire lives. 
when I taught middle school, I saw 11-year-old girls struggling with this. So if you think about how neuroscience actually works, right? Whenever we think a new thought or do a new action, a neural connection is formed in our brain. Every single time we repeat that thought or that action, there's a stuff called myelin that, that coats that neural connection just like cement. And the more it's coated, 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 eventually it becomes a habit. So the us that exists today is 100% a result of our habits. And those habits are 100% simply the results of what we've thought or what we've done. And when we understand that, again, it's about this emotional separation, especially on, the, on such an emotionally driven topic like weight loss, right? The reason that we emotionally eat is not because we are genetically predispositioned that we're an emotional eater. It's because we saw it modeled as a kid and we've now spent decades, decades, decades wiring in that neural connection until we don't even think about it. It's just what happens on autopilot. Right? It's the same reason we walk past a mirror and say, oh, I can't believe I let myself get like this. And we don't even notice that thought anymore. All we know is that suddenly I feel like shit when 30 seconds ago I didn't. Because it's literally a wired in habit right now to be an asshole to yourself. Totally. Right? And, and all of this, when we can start to realize that, listen, I'm a huge fan of personal responsibility, but it is not your fault. It is the fact that you were not conscious of these habits that were being wired in for decades. When we can understand that, when we can shine that light of awareness, now we can start to do the work. Because breaking neural connections, it's not easy, but it's simple, right? When we can consciously start to say, nope, like I am not coding that myelin, I am not reinforcing that thought or that belief, I'm going to focus on this one instead. It sounds very cold, very robotic, but we can literally wire our brains to be the person we want to be. And as a side note, if you're not doing that work as you're going through a weight loss plan, you are going to self-sabotage back to homeostasis because our bodies can't survive where the inside doesn't match the outside. Yes. And this is why people lose weight and go back to it because it, those, if there's conflict, you, the, the inside's always going to win. The neural connections are too deep. That's why this stuff is so important. Yes. So for my own stuff, you know, it's been interesting. I talked about earlier how so much of who I am and what I do now is based around this heart-centered approach. And anytime, I mean, we've all experienced this, when you make changes that it's not even that they go against how you were raised. It's not like there's a conflict. Like my parents wouldn't sit here and say like, you shouldn't be empathetic, but it's just so foreign to how I was it's raised. Familiar. Unfamiliar. Right. Exactly. And because we are so drawn to homeostasis, for me, for a very long time, I had beliefs such as I should never start a business because I would get so focused on it that all my relationships would go to shit. Because that was my truth when I was younger. When I was in my 20s, I, I started a nonprofit when I was a musician. And when I would work, the horse blinders would go on and God help anyone who is around me, like, don't interrupt me. <laughs> And that was before I had done the personal work to understand like work is a very important part of who I am and what I do. And my relationships are the most important things in my life. And I think anything that's centered around this idea of like work being here, relationships being here, work is always going to be most important. I had to, as I did this work, I had to learn to blend the two. Like I can run a successful business and I can still be a really good partner. I, I can kick ass in my business and change lives and make lots of money. And I can still be a heart-centered human being. That both truths can be true at the same time. Because I didn't see that modeled. And it feels, as you said, so far into how I was raised that it took this mindset work to truly embrace that. And I continue to do that mindset work to this day. 
Well, and you're engaged. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank I'm you. That and I'm just going to say it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> so happy, clearly, happy. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was that? Clearly it worked. It worked that I could do yes. both. <laughs> clearly this worked, worked because you figured this out and now you're engaged. So congratulations. That's true. That is very true. Thank you. Women have a really hard time with this I'm enough thing. I know you see a lot of that. I see a lot of that. Our worthiness is often tied or, you know, these women tie it to job, tie it to money, tie it to the family, right? Like I'm a good mom. So I have worth, I make all this money. I have worth. You are a big believer in choosing yourself. What does that look like? Like day to day? And this is true of so many women, as you said, I see it a lot in moms with younger kids at home. There's this feeling of, if I prioritize myself, that's selfish. I'm taking away from time I could be with my kids. I'm taking away from time I could be cleaning the house or showing up for my spouse. And you know, one of the most overused cliches in the self-help world is you gotta put the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? We've all heard that a million times in a million books, but the thought process behind it is so true. And, but it goes deeper than that, right? The conversation that I always have with those moms is like, Let's, we all know kids are sponges. That is not just some cliche. That is as a middle school teacher, the shit that I heard 11 year old girls repeating could not come from them. It comes from what's being modeled at home. And that's not a knock to to their parents. That's generations. That's great grandmas repeating stuff to grandmas, to moms, and then it's being passed on to daughters. So when you're showing up for your kids, saying things like, we're all tired, just push through, right? Like that's life, get through it. And you're tired all the time. You're cranky. You're flinching when your spouse touches you because you're afraid they're going to feel a role. Whether you're being, because a lot of people are like, well, I watch what I say around my kids. That's great. That's a start. But kids are energy magnets. It's not just about your words. It is your words, but it's your actions. It's your energy. So what we are modeling to our kids, especially our daughters, is this feeling of my health, my, my happiness is secondary. And the mom that they are now modeling is the one that's run down and holding on by a thread. When we prioritize, even if it's 30 minutes a day, when we prioritize, I'm going to track my food. I'm, I'm not going to label foods as good or bad anymore, as allowed or not allowed. When my family knows, listen, these 20 minutes, these are my time. This 20 minute quick home workout, do not interrupt mommy. If you want to join me, you're welcome to, but I am going to prioritize this time. Think about, first of all, the model that you're setting for your daughters now, that prioritizing your health is not only okay, but important. And then the mom that shows up for them, that's confident, that's standing in her power. There is literally nothing better that we can be doing for our kids than doing this personal work. And this mindset of it's selfish. If I could, if there is one thing I could like reach into women's brains and reprogram, right, 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 it would be to get them to understand that the least selfish thing you can do, that the most important thing you can do for your family, is to model how important it is to show up for yourself and to actually show up as that person. You are speaking my language, right? right? <laughs> Capital T truth, we call it. I'm over here with the Amen chorus for you. Yes. <laughs> This is everything I tell my warrior women. So I'm so glad I have you on today. Well, tell me, how can people work with you, especially me? (laughs) Especially you. So we, I I am a big believer in getting, again, capital T truth out there. So we do a free five-day challenge called Kickstart. People's jaws are on the floor when they go through Kickstart because you, it is, you will be hard pressed to find a coach who gives out this much content for free. The only catch is that Kickstart only opens every 12 weeks because our program, which is called Ignite, only opens 12 weeks. 
So there's a wait list for Kickstart. I think we're going to drop the link or add it to the show. Get on the wait list for Kickstart now because you'll get more information of what it's about and you'll be the first to know when it opens. But it is everything we teach. It's all this mindset stuff, the habit training, the intro to the nutrition that we teach, the intro to workouts. It's literally everything crammed into five days and it's all totally free. We do have a 12-week program, Ignite. Um, Again, it only opens 12 weeks, so there's a wait list for that. The best thing to do to get started is to just get in our private Facebook group. That's where we hang out every day. We share successes. We talk more about this macro stuff. I do free trainings. And then that way, when Kickstart and Ignite open up, you'll already be in the pipeline and hanging out with us and knowing what we're all about. That's a, I like that whole format. I love that. I love how you've like kind of, you're giving people a way in, even if they can't start right away, they can kind of get started, get their feet wet. And then when they're like, when they get off the wait list, they can like go for it. So that's amazing. And it's very aligned with how we teach because, you know, major life overhauls don't work. If you, you know enough about caveman brain to know when we make any kind of massive change, our brain rebels, it doesn't like the unfamiliar. So if I were to say like, Hey, join ignite right now. And you've never heard of macros. You're new to this mindset training. Like it's not going to last for you. So I want to get you into my network, my community. I want to nurture you. I want you to get to know what we're all about so that by the time things open up for you, you're 100% ready. We're, we've already had that momentum building. Absolutely. Okay. I love this. All right. We're on to the speed round, Rachel. It's party time. Okay. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> what does it mean to you to be a warrior woman? What does it mean to be? To me, being a warrior woman means standing in your power. I think especially as women, we have a really hard time as boundaries because we've been trained to think that makes us a bitch. And when you can make that mindset shift to understand what we were talking about earlier, that taking care of me is the best gift, not only for my family, for the world, right? The world needs more people standing in their power. And when you can have the self-confidence to say, I'm taking care of my body physically, I'm taking care of myself mentally, and I am prioritizing me time, and I am standing in my power, it's the best thing you can do for yourself, for your family, for the universe. Oh, well said. What is a mantra or quote you live by? Oh, interesting. One would be the life is fleeting idea. I, I, repi- I remind myself that a thousand times a day, especially when I was a middle school teacher. <laughs> There's a quote by Aristotle that I just love. And it, God, I'm, now will I blank on it? It says, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is, is not an act, but a habit. And because I'm so big on the neuroscience part of things, you know, there's, I I do this for a living and there are more days than not. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to work out. Like thankfully with macros, I can eat a cheeseburger if I want a cheeseburger, but there's days where you just want to be like, no, like I want to sit on the couch and eat a pint of ice cream and, and chill. And there's days I do that, right? This is about what we do consistently. But the thing that I remind myself is it's not about that moment. I, I literally picture neural connections in my brain all the time. And I think to myself, which connection do I want to myelate right now? <laughs> like, this is what a nerd I am. Which connection do I want to myelinate right now? The one that says, if I don't feel like working out, I don't. Or the one that says, on those days, I can push through and I can do the things I don't really want to do, thinking about future Rachel. So I think the more we can think about the big picture and build those neural connections, the more that we, we will thank our future selves for it. Well, what makes you feel unstoppable? I think the same answer about standing in my power. Like there's, you know, there's days, especially in business, you know, this as an entrepreneur, 90% of being an entrepreneur is getting knocked on your ass, right? You put all this work, (laughs) you put all this work in, you, you put your time, your energy, you build this stuff up. And sometimes you launch and it's a massive fail. And, 
you know, it's important to feel the feelings and, and we're not here to sugarcoat. We cry to our partners and say that felt like shit. And then we remind ourselves, look, like I've been here a million times. And every time I've been able to get my emotions out, go back, study the data, rebuild and do it again. Like at the end of the day, even if my business went under tomorrow, I know because I have trust in myself that I'll just start another one and it'll be great. And that that simply comes by all the things we talked about, by putting that, by prioritizing yourself, by prioritizing your mental health, your physical health, and learning to stand in your power. I love it. What are you most proud of? Oh, that's an interesting one. I think I'm most proud of the personal work I've done. The, the, the fact that when, and I, this is not a knock to my family at all. I love my family. But the fact that when people meet my family, they say like, I've had close people to me say, you have done a tremendous amount of personal work. And that's not to say like, I am better than my family anyway, but it's about the heart centeredness. It's about when you see where I came from, it was so black and white, so all in, all out, so business minded that now for me to be able to teach, like life is not black and white. My whole mantra around nutrition is it's not all or nothing, right? That life is a bigger picture. It's about being happy. It's about living your bliss. It's so counterintuitive to how I was raised that when I stop and look back, like it does make me proud that I've been able to balance that 50% business, 50% hippie side, as I call it. Oh, that's generational change just right there for you. What is exciting you the most right now? Oh, you already answered that one. I just got engaged on Friday. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> oh, I was telling Rachel, I saw the pictures on Facebook and tears literally leapt into my eyes. Like you can just see the way you guys are together. It's just so fabulous. I love it. And, you know, to tie this into everything we've been talking about, if you met me a few years ago, like don't even mention the word marriage to me. Like that is not in my vocabulary. That That is not something I'm ever interested in again. And to now be in a place where like, not only did I just get engaged, but we're like actively wedding planning. And I thought I was just doing that part for her. And now I'm the one that's like, did you see this? <laughs> like, like, Look at this cute thing. Isn't this adorable? I don't recognize myself and it's in the best way possible. I mean, just to have, just letting yourself have that joyfulness and just enjoying that process because it, it can feel very daunting, the wedding process, but just like letting yourself just like swim around in it and enjoy it. That's the best thing in the world. So yay you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm going to put everything in the show notes. I know everybody's going to want to know much more. I don't even know what a macro is, so I will be going into this deep and learning from you. Um, but thank you so much because I do think fitness and getting in shape and all the things, it feels confusing. It feels daunting. It feels like I've done that before, Liz, and then I got out of shape again and I don't know what to do. And you're just making it feel like it's not that hard. What we teach is truly as cheesy and as salesy as it sounds, it is capital T truth. It, it's not a diet. It's a sustainable lifestyle. Like what we teach is how to get out of the yo-yo diet. And once you learn it, you will literally never diet again. Ah, yes, please, Rachel. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is Liz Swadek with the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.